At KeyBank, we understand what you need to run a middle market company. We bring a team of strategists and problem solvers to design and deliver solutions critical to your business's success. KeyBank offers industry expertise, investment banking and capital markets, payment automation, loans and lines of credit, plus equipment financing. Connect with your local KeyBank team. Learn more at key.com slash commercial. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Enrique, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sebastian. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your day to hang out with us here on the Grit Daily Startup Show. We love to talk about the world of startup on this show, the good, the bad, and what we like to call the gritty. So I'm curious to learn what your experience has been in the world of startup. But before we get into all of that, let's back up a little bit, help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you and your backstory and what really brought you to present day with what you're doing with Accolade Wines. Yeah, absolutely, Sebastian. So um, happy to be here, first of all. So thanks for uh, taking the time as well. Uh, yeah, a little bit of backstory. We'll do it real quick. Um, so I'm originally from from Chile, born and raised uh, in Chile. Moved to the U.S. when I was uh, about 11 years old to California. Uh, went to high school, university out in California. Um, graduated from from Cal State Monterey Bay. Uh, one of the state schools out there. And, you know, I've been from from day one sort of uh, started up in the wine business, uh, started out working for a company called Gallo uh, Sales Company, wine sales company, straight out of college. Um, you know, as, as soon as I graduated, I, I had a degree in um, international business with an emphasis in marketing and finance, uh, and then a uh, sort of a minor in international relations. And I, I thought I was hot to trot with double major and good university and all that good stuff. And I was going to come out of college swinging and I was going to get all these job offers. And that's exactly what didn't happen. So um, I started uh, sort of at the lowest level of, of the chain, if you will, working for Gallo Sales Company, an amazing company to work for. It's probably one of the jobs that I, I hated the most uh, while I had it. But today I sort of reflect back on it. And I think it's the job I admire the most. I was, I think, an assistant merchandiser. Basically what that is, just a fancy way of describing somebody that dresses up in a suit and tie and gets up at 4.30 in the morning and goes and throws boxes around in supermarkets of wine and, and booze so that they can be merchandised into the shelf set. Uh, and I did that for a few years, um, learned the ropes, learned how to sell, learned how to do all sorts of uh, things in, in the business. Um, and I, I started quite sort of noticing that I had a bit of a uh, uh, an attraction to selling and to not selling just myself, but actually just understanding how to connect with customers, connect with clients. Um, and I, you know, from there I got recruited by a company called Constellation Brands. I was with them for a better part of 12 years. Um, at this point, you know, I did a bit of marketing and I really wanted to get into that international business role, um, at some point. So I got a chance to work from a marketing perspective and sales perspective with their Canadian business, with their Latin American business. I set up their Asia business. 
Um, and then back in the States, uh, and that was, that was sort of a whirlwind of a, uh, of a career with a great, amazing company. Uh, and like I said, you know, lasted the better part of 12 years and then got recruited for, you know, from a competitive set perspective, I went and worked at Treasury Wine Estates for eight years, um, managing Latin America, managing the East Coast for the country, for the market, a big business, big teams, working sort of in a luxury space, really understanding um, how the corporate world works. And now, you know, um, and again, I know that I'm floating through this kind of quickly, but uh, working for Accolade Wines in a completely different manner. So I'm working for sort of a large company, but um, in, a, in, in a space or in a role that is completely a startup. Uh, and w- what do I mean by that is that uh, Accolade Wines is a big sort of global wine company. But at the end of the day, uh, the project that we've got in North America is a project that we've started from scratch. So uh, with, you know, very sort of tight timelines, understanding how to manage uh, a balance sheet, understanding how to manage a P&L, understanding how to ret- get, you know, return on your on your investment as quickly as possible. Uh, and basically, that's that's how we get to this point in my life. Amazing. So what exactly are, does Accolade Wines do? How do you guys stand out from the rest of the bazillion wine companies out there? <laughs> and there is a bazillion wine companies out there. That's for sure. So uh, what do we do? We we do a lot of the same things, but we do some things that are quite different. So the, the first thing, I guess I'll start out with a lot of the same things. So, you know, we're, we're a uh, sort of world-renowned uh, with quite a bit of heritage wine company. What, what is a wine company? A wine company is a organization that owns, provides, produces, supplies wines, right? Wine labels. Uh, and those could be actual vineyards, wineries. So Accolade Wines owns quite a bit of land and quite a, a bit of brands that have been acquired and, you know, so through sort of M&A mergers and acquisitions over the past several, you know, tens of years, 10, 20, 30 years, uh, with its main hub out of the Australian market. So basically based out of Australia with Australian wines, huge um, market positions, both in Australia and in New Zealand, where there's lots of great wineries, but also at the same time, a market leader in the UK business and the European business. They've had a, their extent in, in business in, in the US, but like I mentioned before, we had to start that from scratch uh, two and a half years ago. Amazing timing in the middle of a pandemic um, to get that up and running. So that was a challenge. And we can get into that a little bit later. But basically what Accolade Wines does is that um, we own vineyards, we own wine brands, we've developed wine brands, and we produce and sell to either importers, distributors, uh, or retailers, restaurants, if you will, um, to get that product to the final consumer. That's what we do. Love it. And how long yeah. has been around? So our oldest wineries date all the way back into the 1800s, 1830s, 1840s. Um, so if, if you look at it from that perspective, our brands have been around for quite a bit of quite a long time. You know, we always talk about the new world being every, anything outside of Europe. You know, there's plenty of places outside of Europe that are actually quite old world in the sense of wine. Uh, so we've been around for quite some time. Accolade Wines, as, a, as the organization as we know it today, has been around since 2016, I believe, 2015, I believe. Uh, when it was acquired by the Carlisle Group, private equity group out of New York. Love it. So what are you guys excited about for 2023? Lots of things. Lots of things. Um, So first of all, I've been in the wine business. I've been in this business for 21, 22 years now. Um, And it's the first time 
uh, Sebastian, I'll tell you that we have a tremendously fluid environment uh, in the sense of really, really difficult and challenging to forecast and see what's what's coming around the corner. Consumers are changing, behaviors changing. Um, there's all sorts of different complexities. A lot of people are scared about it. A lot of people are, they shy away from it. I actually welcome it. I think it's a great, great twist to our business. Um, they, it's, it's pushing us to think different. It's pushing us to be different. Uh, it's pushing us to look at a consumer base that maybe in the wine industry, we never thought of. Um, you know, we were always sort of really caught up in the terroir or, you know, what the soil brings or how many months in barrel or years in barrel for a wine or talk about all sort of those intricate things. And I think that that's one consumer and we have that consumer and we have those products. And I think that's sort of, I guess, going to back to your point, the bazillion different wine companies, we all do that. And I think we do that very well. All bazillion of us, some better than others, <laughs> but we all do that. Yeah. But we all do that very well. But I think what we're doing different and what's exciting about what's coming in the year, man, is, um, we are, we're really opening up to new consumers. Uh, we just did this uh, venture. Uh, it's an ownership venture with James Harden, big NBA star. And he's a lot more than just an NBA star. He's a huge personality, amazing guy. Uh, we've launched Jay Harden Wines across the US with immense success. We're super excited about it. And it's really been an incubator and it's been a startup. Uh, it's been, you know, from sort of our first meeting with James to, the point that we had product up in shelf, we, we, that only took about eight months from conversation. I'm not even going to call it from inception, from, from conversation to actually execution. It took us about eight months to get that product up on the shelf and launching that into the marketplace and talking to a whole new consumer, talking to a whole new arena of the market that nobody really in their industry is doing today. Um, so that's exciting. And, and, and that keeps me on my toes and it's sort of, I feel a little bit of a rejuvenation, if you will, into my career after, you know, doing sort of very similar things for, for so long. Yeah, absolutely. So switching gears a little bit, talking about the world of the startup, what would you say the worst part of the startup process is? <laughs> the uncertainty, right? So I think it's an uncertainty coupled by the capacity for you to do, to make decisions, right? You, in, in, in the world of startups, you have to make decisions. And you don't know if those decisions are the right decisions, the wrong decisions, the wrong decisions at the beginning, but the right decisions six months down the road. And, and that uncertainty and that um, forceful decision-making takes up a lot of headspace, takes up a lot of mental space. It's draining on people, right? Um, and, and those decisions are coupled with risks. And I, I almost would say that, you know, in the world of startup and we methodically thought through things, um, yeah, there is such a thing as a wrong decision, but, but, but I think all, all decisions are fixable and you don't see that at the beginning. You think that you're going to make one decision and that's it. And you're not going to be able to move from there. I think that's the most painful process. You have to make decisions. You have to force yourself to take steps and you have to understand that out of 10 decisions, you're probably going to screw up five or six of them. Um, and you got to have that flexibility to make them turn around. It's a painful process, but we all have to go through it in the world of a startup. Absolutely. And to the exact opposite of that, what would you say the best part of the startup process is? Uh, it's it's I, I, the, the thrill of the win. The thrill of, of as you start up, 
any any growth you get is explosive. Any any sort of positive news that you get is a win. Um, that is, you know, going from zero to one is tenfold, right? From one to ten is tenfold, right? From ten to a hundred is tenfold. That growth is is not seen on many things, right? So winning those things and earning those things is amazing. Um, why is it thrilling? Because you look at the categories, you look at the markets, and there's not many markets that are growing 10x, 100x these days. So what are you doing? You're if you win, that means that you're not growing at the pace of a market, but you're stealing share from somebody else. So you're doing something better than somebody, right? Um, and that's what you have to be thinking about. You, 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 you can't sort of, in the world of a startup, think about growth on, on, on market trends. No, you got to sort of throw that out the window and you got to say, what am I going to go eat up? And so any win that you, that you get, that means that you've eaten some sort of the market up and, and that's thrilling and that drives you and that gets you out of bed every day. And, and I think that's where entrepreneurs, we get that spirit of, of sort of getting up and going and sort of, you know, I've received a hundred no's by 9 a.m. and I'm just getting started type of attitude, right? Um, that's the way, that's what I think is the best thing about it. Absolutely. Well, man, it's been great to learn more about uh, what you guys have built over at Tackling Wines and, and and to meet you as well here, of course, through through the podcast interview. Uh, thanks again for taking some time to uh, to hang out with us here on the show. Any final thoughts for our listeners? Absolutely, Sebastian. First of all, thanks for your time. I uh, have a lot of respect for your show. It's amazing. You've got some great, great content that you've developed here for for good people. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, it's important to to have that hunger. It's important to be that self-motivator and that startup mentality. Um, you have to make decisions. You have to take the right steps. You have to go for it. And you have to be willing to fail in order to win. I think that's the last thing that I would say to wrap that up. Those are great uh, final thoughts. Well, thanks again for your time, Enrique. You guys keep rocking and rolling in the world of wine. Thanks, Sebastian. You too. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by Grit Daily com, the premier startup news hub. More information at gritdaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Head into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Top Sirloin Steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for You app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.